Hello and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with your hosts, Kirk and Kevin Weber. This is the show for fans of APA Gaming and Sports. On this episode, we discuss the APA Blog, Wally Pip, and APA 101. Our explorations into BBW and the new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and the Quarantined 2 Social Distance Tournament with Tony Stevens. Please join us now on Double Take, an APA Gaming Podcast. All right, welcome to episode 26 of Double Take, an APA Gaming Podcast. We thank you for joining us. I'm Kirk Weber with my brother, Kevin. Hey. And, and we are happy that you're here. We have lots of uh, APA Talk to go into and trying to set up our new format with kind of some consistency. Um, we thought before we might go to a short break, we'd talk, uh, we call it Tab Talk, which is kind of the APA blog talk because we both are pretty pretty uh, active as contributors to that. And then after that, we do want to get into um, a little bit with our ex- new experiences with BBW in a league that we've uh, both joined and um, talk about that. So um, as we jump into this, I, I understand, Kevin, that you uh, paid a visit to a cemetery this week. Um, what was the deal with that? It wasn't for any relative, right? Uh, no, it wasn't, uh, thankfully, I guess. Um, so, yeah, um, the other day, a couple days ago, uh, we had a power outage, which is just a great thing during a pandemic when you're self-quarantined and, and you rely on power for your internet and everything. So it was only about a couple hours, and it, the day was pretty decent. I guess some here's a big old white swan, because I took a walk around the corner, and I saw the consumer energy trucks and everything out there and some swan did something to this power line i don't know what it, I, I didn't know swans could fly that high or i don't know what the deal is he was sitting on the ground and he was alive uh but anyway uh so we didn't have power so i asked my wife and my daughter um if they'd like to go to a cemetery to see a grave of an old ball player that played with babe ruth and lou gehrig and the other yankee stars of of the time and they were like yeah <laughs> so, uh, which was kind of surprising because normally that would not be something that they wanted to do. But since there was no power and nothing else to do, they're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the world we live in right now. Right. Right. The new normal. <laughs> so, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that seemed like a good adventure, I guess. So it's a, um, about, it's a cemetery, Woodlawn Cemetery, about 20 minute drive, uh, maybe slightly less from my house. Um, not a lot of traffic, so no big deal to get over there. And uh, it's a large cemetery, so we I had, like, the plot number for Wally Pip's grave. And everybody knows Wally Pip. Um, most yep. people talk about being Wally Pipped, and uh, all they know is that he had a headache, and, and Lou Gehrig played and continued to play, and Wally Pip was out of a job. Um, but it's a little more complicated than that. So I, he um, was originally born in Chicago, uh, but grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where I live. And uh, I've known that for a while. And I decided that it'd be good to go over there and get a picture because I was writing my first card Friday article on Wally Pip. And I thought that would be a good thing. And obviously, you can check that out on the app blog. And I um, went over there and uh, so found the grave. It took us a few minutes. We were in the wrong part of the cemetery for a little bit, which was fine. You know, I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. Uh, found it, took some pictures, and you can see those on there. So it was, it was, you know, it was fun to do. It looks um, like he has a nice, I mean, I saw, saw the big Pip um, headstone that kind of is up out of the ground and then had his 
had his main info kind of lower, right? Underneath or flat. Yes. Um, so that, that was good. And there's some other family member there, um, family members that are buried there. Um, yeah, he grew up in Grand Rapids, and you know, of course, then he played in the big leagues until 1928. Um, and then he was like an investor and stuff during the Depression, and almost almost went bankrupt. Didn't came back the, to Michigan, um, lived in Grand Rapids and Lansing for a bit. Worked at Willow Run during World War II. Oh, building the planes, um, the bombers, ba- yeah. building the planes and everything. Then there was this. Um, company that was out of detroit and grand rapids out of rockford actually that produced uh screws and other types of things like that for automotive things and so he was in that for a while lived in lansing for a while then eventually went back to grand rapids and died here in 1965 Mm -hmm. so but um as always is the case whenever we write an article for the apple blog about a player um you know you find out more than you find out some stuff it's always Diving down a good rabbit yep. hole, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you have a chance to read it, Kirk? I did, and and I really enjoyed how um, you you, you got to put things in context with players. And I think Wally Pip is a great example of he was a very good player during the nineteen teens or dead ball era. And when you look at his Apple card, which is on the on the article. You know, you think, oh, it's not much power and stuff. But you mentioned in there that he had led the league in home runs a couple times or come in close. Like, you know, like when they're when the um, when you hit four home runs and the home run leader has like was it nine or something like that? You know, you're you're doing you're doing really well. And he also has a lot of triples, you know, twos on his card. Um, which I think um, is indicative of power hitting. You mentioned how Tris Speaker used to back up when Wally Pip would come up. He was a slick fielder too, so he's a good fielder, had some um, slugging ability, and is a guy that was considered that during that era, and I thought that came across nicely in the article. Um, and I learned from You know, like you and I, I think whenever we – we tell each other kind of what we're working on, but we try to kind of hold off so we can kind of get a little bit of a reaction. But yeah. if I can walk away and I learn something, that's great because um, that's kind of the goal. And I, our, our venture into APA cards oftentimes is from a historical angle and understanding kind of where people fit in. And I, that, that worked for me. So I liked it. I like this new, I know that uh, you did a lot of final card Friday ones. So you mm-hmm. do a first card. They both start with an F. So that works. Um, but that's fun to kind of be able to play it back and forth different ways. Yeah. I mean, I kind of compared Wally Pip. I didn't put it in the article, but I was trying to think, well, what kind of more modern player would he be like? And I was thinking, who's a guy that's maybe not a Hall of Famer? but led the league in home runs a couple times and struck out a lot because Pip, he led the league of strikeouts one year. He struck out like 83 times. Mm-hmm. Okay. For that, that era. Was a lot. That was a that lot back in the teens. Deal, yeah. okay. And um, um, he was a good fielder, but, so that didn't always necessarily fit. But I thought as far as a hitter, he was like Tony Armas, mm. you know, who led the league in home runs a couple times and was a, you know, a slugger that struck out um, a good amount. Um, so I think he's kind of like that, you know, like a good player that, um, you know, he was like been an all-star player. an all-star yeah. if they had all-star teams back then, yes. probably. Yeah, yeah. he would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and, and a guy you would never consider into a hall, your Hall of Fame, you know, Baseball Hall of Fame, but um, was during his era, one of the better players. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think, think Pip good. is a Hall of Famer, but, you know, it's not ridiculous to consider him. I mean, for what he did... Um, you know, he was like a 285 career hitter. Um, 
You know, I mean, he's 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 short of it, but it's not like out of the. It's not like ridiculous to mm-hmm. like look at. You know, I, I think, think it's he's really close. hard for um, a, first a guy baseman. that mm-hmm. played half his career or a little more, maybe about half um, in the dead ball era, and then the latter part in kind of what became the live ball era, if you want to call it that. But you know, yes. livelier ball. And you were a power hitter, but you but that's a different. He had lots of triples, usually double digits and triples. Led the league one year, which was the power number at the time. Mm -hmm. To be split between those two eras is um, difficult. Uh, That probably works against him. Mm -hmm. You know, it it definitely does um, for sure. Um, But you know, an interesting guy. I mean, a lot of people they just thought maybe he was just like. And also ran first baseman, but he was one of the Yankees stars before Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig got there. He was probably their best player, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah. I mean, the other interesting thing, like I'm looking at the old. I don't know if anybody ever does this, but if you look at the old home run numbers, uh, home run leaders for each league, you know, like you know, you can call mm-hmm. it up on Baseball Reference and stuff. So I'm going to be replaying the the 19. 19- 08 Detroit Tigers single team replay with cards and dice, basic game and stuff on a few games in. And you know who led the American League on home runs in 1908? I do not. It is a Detroit Tiger. Was it? Yes. Um, it wasn't Cobb, was it? It was not Cobb, but who's the other big outfielder there? Uh, Crawford? Sam Crawford. And guess mm. how many he hit? Probably single digits. Did he hit like five Seven. or Seven. Seven. seven home yeah. runs. But now I've got those cards. I'm like, oh, he only hit seven home runs. That's the league lead. <laughs> okay? Right. You know, so you can imagine how many home runs I'm going to get in this replay. When, it's a, when there's a home run, it's a really big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you don't get that many. I mean, he had 16 triples too, but, you know, it's like. Right. As soon as they hit a home run, you're like, well, they're they're in contention for leading the league. You know, like, oh, I mean, yeah. like, it's if, like. If you have three or four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's interesting too. I've uh, been dabbling into other things, and I've um, become a member of Saber, which I think is really cool. And they have different chapters around the country based out of cities. And I, of course, joined the uh, Detroit area chapter because that's kind of the area I live in. But there's two in Michigan here, and the West Michigan one is ca- uh, many times I'll name them after a player, and it's called the Wally Pip. Um, yes. you know, chapter, well, West Michigan Wally Pip chapter, which I think is great, you know. Um, so, you know, you kind of get that kind of interest. I've been uh, looking, speaking of that, and I'm, you know, as far as um, what I'd like to do coming down the line in the next week or two is um, one thing you get when you're a Sabre member is access to uh, archives of old sporting newses. So I, I basically went back and I wanted to do like what we had been looking at for Baseball Digest, some of the ads uh, for Appa Gaming in the sporting news. And I mm-hmm. uh, did some searching. It you know, it came up pretty good. I found ads, for, of course, for baseball, football, basketball, golf, wow. um, B- BBW, um, and some articles too. And one of the articles we had um, posted through our Facebook page um, from a 1964 article on the founder of Apple Gaming, you know, um, Dick Seitz. So it's a very interesting article. I thought it was excellent. Um, there's a couple other ones that are there and some images. And what I also wanted to do, because I don't know, we did, there's just this thing, especially with Apple baseball um, fans, um, where we like to see which card um, is, fe- you know, when a card is featured in the ad. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I was looking through and I got through the 50s and into the 60s. And really the first card I ever saw it featured in a sporting news ad was Tim McCarver in 1968, mm-hmm. um, which seems a little odd, but he was. And then by the 1970s, you started seeing the cards, sometimes a single card. Um, you would see Pete Rose after that or Johnny Bench. Then mm-hmm. you would see the uh, dual card where it would be like Johnny Bench and um, then you'd have like Tom Seaver underneath yeah, and a just as pitcher and a hitter. Yeah. yeah. So you would start seeing those. They started advertising some of their World Series um, uh, teams and they used the uh, Al Simmons card in 1971 mm, is, and 1978. That's a great card. Yeah, so that would be featured on there. And they and then that came with, and it says in the ad, and I'll share some of this. I'm going to try to maybe break it up by decades and write some things on, on it. But they, that said um, that they would come with the actual box scores for the World Series games within wow, the packaging. That's cool. And I was like, that's interesting. Before um, baseball reference, very useful, right? Yeah, so it would have those in there and just kind of tell you that. So there's a lot of really interesting little nuggets that – I, I'm just trying to put together. At first, I was getting some of the images and stuff, um, and I'll float a few things out, but I, I like to try to kind of look back into it in kind of a research sort of way through the cards. Um, I also saw some of the first cards for um, the app of football. You know, you see, hmm. like, uh, um, different ones there. So I'd like to not just do the baseball. I find the baseball very interesting, but the football and some of the basketball are there. Uh, I did not see hmm. any, actually, I didn't see any basketball cards except for in one article related to Epic Gaming uh, where they had a Charles Barkley card. Um, oh, wow. It was hmm. later. Um, but so very, very interesting kind of little findings, at least to me. I'm going to try yeah. to write it, write it up and make it interesting if I can. <laughs> but uh, that's coming. I'm working on that as well as, you know, my kind of weekly thing that I like to do with Game Changers. So I have to kind of, that normally comes out on Tuesdays. But hmm. I know you've been working on the um, the Friday stuff um, and looking into different things and then doing the write-ups as well for uh, the 68 Tiger World Series um, replay with um, St. Louis. Yes, so. I just posted that recently too. Um, you know, the Tigers are up three games and nothing now. But it's been a competitive series, and I had a big walk-off bottom of the ninth come from behind. Well, actually, there was tied. A home run by Gates Brown, the the who's got an mm-hmm. awesome card because he hit mm-hmm. 370 with a bunch of power, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um it was a fun game to play. But, you know, now the Tigers are up 3 nothing, and we have McLean versus Gibson again for game four. Um so we'll see. I, mean, I would think that there's a good chance the Cardinals will get some better numbers yeah. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. win. But you know, Lou Brock almost hit a hit for the cycle in my oh, game, wow. too. He had a triple, double, and a home run. He needed a single. Um, hmm. And the time he didn't get it, he hit into a double play. So I don't know how many double plays Lou Brock hit into in 68, but it wasn't that many, I'm sure. can't imagine, yeah. Well, yeah, that's cool. So. I think there's been – I know that some of it is because of the quarantine, but – We've had some, you and I have been pretty active on the Apple blog. Tom nelshoppen has been doing a nice job, and he had a great oh, yeah. article this week on uh, a new feature, Apple 101, that we all kind of t- talked about and kind of brainstormed how um, some people like, like we try not to make assumptions on reading cards and looking at cards and what different things. Like la- in our last episode, we talked about 
uh, making an APA lineup for um, APA baseball, you know, and how you can stack things different ways based on what's on the card. If the guy's got a five or he walks more or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It has an 11. Um, But he kind of broke down off of an APA ad, actually, a Johnny Bench card um from the you know i I think it said the 1972 card but when i I look at 72 yeah i it and he said that but when i look at that i um it's missing um i kind of started working through those ads and i think it's from a different i think it might be the 73 card or something i anyway that doesn't matter okay i mean it's just me being you know kind of kind of nosing in on things but i love how some of these newer cards are will become double column and how it's weird to see bench with a double column card from a great year of his but how that can produce better and so we just talked about um single double column cards and uh the pros and cons and some of it is cosmetic for people but if you're talking Mm -hmm. about reproduction it probably is more accurate. I think, you know, they've perfected the formula over the years and um, the cards that now are coming out are the remastered cards or reprint cards and so forth um, tend to be more accurate. Um, yeah. Well, we, neither one of us, you know, teach math here. We're history guys, no. you know, can do right. We write and stuff, but, and my limited math knowledge. Okay. If you have a single column card, then you got a one out of, you know, 36 chance of rolling a certain number, you know, a double, a home run or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you make a double column, then you increase it up to 64 so you can get down to the smaller decimals on mm-hmm. how much of a chance a guy has to hit a triple or whatever it might be and all those other things. You know, there's a lot more wiggle room to make it more accurate. So I like everybody else, I like single column cards. I think they look cooler. But I'd rather have a card that's more accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And, you know, when you're looking at the cards, whether it's, you know, you're rolling face-to-face, cards and dice replay, whatever you're doing, or even looking on AppaGo, that's different. When you're doing like a BBW or something, you're not really looking at it. So the results are the results, and that's kind of what you go with. But, um, but I thought that was a good one, and I— I know Tom mm-hmm. will probably do some other ones like that with Apple 101, but you and I are um, hoping that we can maybe also contribute to that uh, thread and yes. um, see how it goes. I know he's gotten a lot of good um, hits on that, people reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Very popular I think, right now. Yep. Right. So, um, you know, if there's any other ideas that people have, um, we can investigate those things and try and talk about them. Um so, yeah, that's kind of what's going on in the world of some of our investigations and uh, the APA blog, which is kind of our way of being able to get into those things and share some of our things that we get into, right? You know, and um, it's fun. You know, it's kind of, it's cool to do. Um, the other thing that we want to talk about when we get back from this break is um, our new kind of path down the BBW um, New venture. Road. So um, we'll take a quick break, you know, um, because it's good to kind of roll in something here. And normally it's just an anchor ad. And I'll take, you know, a few seconds and then we'll come back and talk about that. So stay with us, please. Or take a break and then come back with us. Right.
Okay, welcome back. Um, now, in this segment, we'd like to do um, some talk about uh, BBW and a league that we both joined that is actually still looking for a few players. And there's been some posts by our um, our guest from last uh, episode, Stray Corrado, um, for people that might be interested. There's an application, and if you basically, it's a league of extraordinary gentlemen that we joined. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that and what that's about um, in a moment. But the first thing that we should get into is um, after talking with Stray last episode, um, he was gracious enough to help us um, get set up for BBW. We both decided and purchased um, BBW, you know, the software, because we didn't have that. And then um, he uh, did some stuff where he could come in and help make sure it was installed correctly and showed us how his leagues worked and um, spent a lot of time helping both of us out. Yes, very um, kind of him. And we both, we, we did the order. And um, because, you know, you're paying for some shipping anyway, we both decided to, um, you know, get some World Series teams and stuff. I got the ones from the 80s and you got the ones from the 60s mm-hmm. um, and, you know, put those on. And we've been uh, going down this, you know, learning of uh, BBW, which I find um, very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, so far, it's been very nice. And I, I think that as we get into a league and other things, uh, it'll get even more interesting. I haven't, you know, in the last day or so, I've been doing a couple other things and I want to just go play some games and mess around more with it. Yeah. And I haven't done it yet. You know, yeah, um, I, I I printed off the um, you know they have the tutorial, so I'm trying to go through the um, the um, league manager um, tutorial and mm-hmm. um, you know like setting up things like hey this is how you play a series this is how you do this and you know a lot of stuff I mean it, there's a bit of a learning curve you know so I'm glad to have that stuff in there because some of it is not necessarily intuitive because it's an older program so right and that's the know, thing it it is older and I know sometimes people use that as a way of criticizing it but um but what they had it was ahead of its time in its own way mm-hmm. I mean, it, yep it um for it the fact that you can take a program that um was you know created quite a while ago and still use it in 2020 effectively for these sophisticated leagues really um and satisfy the nerdiness of a lot of the people that are in those leagues um is pretty amazing to me yeah um it's a very powerful program um yes it's older but it's very powerful it does a lot of stuff yeah and um so that's that's pretty cool uh we you know our um entry point into bbw is and will always be from an app a card perspective and it's from a basic game card perspective so I know some people might have, you know, just they've only played BBW or they maybe only learned the master game or something. I don't know. I mean, there could be people like that. I don't know anybody right now, but there, I'm sure there are where we look at cards. And so like when I first started doing things, um, one, I wasn't familiar with some of the master game things like um, having to go try to take another base and the arm strength of. Um, the outfielder or Just something like stealing, that. how, how stealing yep. works and how that basis. effectively works. Um, they, the pitchers didn't have letter grades on them. They had numbers. And um, I, at, we, we made a chart for us that basically was kind of where they fit in. 
based uh, on like letter a translation. Grades. It's like we're translating like it. Yeah, we're yeah. translating it to uh, the basic game and some of those components. Um, and figuring things out. Like when we look at a card, and, and that could be a good Apple 101 thing, a good hit oh, and run card. Oh, it would be card. great. Mm-hmm. That should be, one of us should do that, speaking of that, right? Yeah. Um, what's a good hit and run card, right? Well, we can look at a card and know what it is. And there's a lot of people out there that could do that. It's um, You're going to want to not strike out a lot, so not have a lot of 13s. You're going to want to have some 14s. That's helpful. You're going to want to have a lot of 31s if you can. All right. Now, most cards have one thirty-one. It goes like 30, 31, 32 on it. Those are flyouts to the outfield. And uh, a 31 with a man on first um, in a hit and run who's a faster runner, right? Uh, Because you really want to have a guy in front of them on first that has an 11 on his card, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, If you hit, instead of a flyout, if you get that 31, uh, it's a single runner the third. Um, yep. So basically, out of those 36 possibilities, you can increase it. If that guy has three thirty ones that would be outs, they all of a sudden become hits. Now, the, the drawback on hitting and running is that some of the power numbers don't become is uh, long ball or, you know, they don't do as much. You might kind of get a little bit. Pretty you'll still get a hit. If you What's get that? a first column, if you get a first column one, it ends up being a double. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're yeah. sacrificing a potential home run. But that guy is moving. You'll get the run, but you won't get the home run. So, you know, the pros and cons, but you're just playing the odds. Well, we were looking at BBW, and we're like, oh, they have these different ratings. You know, we would slowly go through, and we, uh, Kevin and I would have some cards out, and then we would look at the guy and then see what what the card said, right? You know, we were also trying to look at the lefty-righty matchup yeah, stuff. Yeah, that threw us for a while, and it's a little different in BBW than it, uh, than the Master Game. So right. we figured it out, though. So yeah. we had Master Game um, instructions out. We had tutorial stuff for BBW, and then we had the cards out trying to kind of plot our way through it, right? On, on um, Zoom, we did all this. On yeah. Zoom, yeah, which was great. And, um, and you know, I, 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 it really does work that way. You know, you can take control and click on things when you're playing if you want. Um, so we were just working through it. We, we would look at Akai and we saw, oh, he has a, he's a hit and run two. And we're like, I wonder what, does that mean? what is what does that mean? What's that out of? What how's that go? And uh, as we translate it, it's how many thirty ones the guy has on his card. That's what it is. You because know? in the master game manual it says, well, there's not many you know guys that you know are higher than three. There's you know or four or five. Well, just like uh, you know how many thirty ones you have. If you have three thirty ones, that's that's quite good. Um, and very rarely do you have four. You know. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that you can still, and that's the beauty of it. And what is attracting us more and more into this is, uh, yeah, you don't always see the card in BBW, but you can look at the card and the, and what's on a card uh, makes a difference for what happens in the game. It's still based off the uh, programmed in boards, basically, and what happens with the card. Now, I went to a website where some people had made their own BBW teams, and I popped up a card, and they just had um, the card put in, um, like they had the first column, you know, uh, zeros. And it was like 11, 12, 13 would be the zeros. Like all the good numbers, and then all the fly And then they just kept going strikeout numbers. And to me, um, I'm pretty sure based on how they program things in in BBW, that card won't perform the right way because 
they are um, using those numbers in different ways, right? It might, yeah. but I, I think that there's something wrong with that. That might be somebody who maybe never really looked closely at regular cards. Um, but I could be wrong, and somebody might tell us that later on. But yeah. we, we like looking at the cards because sometimes that's a way for us to uh, judge the players, and so especially unfamiliar players. So mm-hmm. we've been working our way through that. And um, we need to do more of that. Um, I mm-hmm. need. There's a lot of other things I need to learn about um, with these um, these managers that are there and mm-hmm. um, different ways of importing and exporting things and a lot of stuff. But it's fun. I'm enjoying it, and I can see this becoming something that we do more and more of. I I am curious, and I would like to once I get more familiar. Uh, do my own um, sort. I'm, I'm going to do a BBW replay. I don't know yeah. exactly what year or what team or whatever, um, but I'm going to go down that path and try that. Uh, you and I also talked about doing some um, maybe Zoom uh, recorded. Yes. We have a you know a, a YouTube page that we like to utilize where we could record some of those things and um, share those if people want to watch or whatever, and they might find it fun. I don't know. And and at least for us, we can go back to it too. But what I'd like to do also, and you and I think could do something that more on smaller scale is, um, some what ifs, um, like our example is what if, you know, Jim Rice would have been healthy in 1975 and actually got to play in the world series. Mm -hmm. Would that have been enough for the Red Sox to beat the Reds? Or what if Kevin McReynolds were healthy and had played in the 84 World Series against the Tigers? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, who knows how it could play out. But those are we're talking we're not talking about small time people. We're talking about like major persons in the lineup. I mean, middle of the order guys. If you believe in uh, wins against replacement, um, I would say that Jim Rice uh, could have been the difference in one win. Uh, oh, in yeah. that World Series. I agree. I mean, you know, he was phenomenal that year. So a healthy Jim Rice would have uh, really, really, really helped them. But anyway, so we're looking at some what ifs and that sort of thing that we could also play out that would be on a smaller scale where you don't have to do a whole season or something. What if Kirk Gibson would have played in the 88 World Series? I mean, they won anyway, but who knows? Maybe yeah, they, you know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah. And, you know, if he wasn't hurt, his home run wouldn't have been as big a deal. You know, it's the yes. fact that he was grunting on in the in and it warming was up only then, at bat, yeah, right. And he basically hit it with like one hand and one leg. You know, I mean, yep. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, so you know, we're looking into those sorts of things as we go down that path. We've had so many people that we've recently become, I guess, friends with. I mean, it's weird, whether it's Stray or Dom, who. Um, you know, are reaching out to us and telling us stuff. And that's the beauty of the APA yes. gaming community is people are so nice, basically. Um, and I know that there's times where people get a little nasty about, you know, little things. But in general, people want to help people learn. And we're getting we're, we're experiencing that right now. So the other thing that Stray had brought up was he's like, hey, I got a league I think you guys might be interested in. And mm-hmm. it's this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is, you know, based off the comic book series and stuff. That's pretty cool, and there's a movie and stuff. Um, and basically, it's supposed to be kind of a celebration of 120 years of baseball history. Um, it's going to – the the goal, I think, is to have 32 franchises. You know, they could have maybe gone 28, two leagues, you know, call them AL, NL. 
Four um, divisions, maybe. Yeah. May, probably four divisions uh, through BBW, you know, five, five, seven, five. And um, it strays in it. So we have this um, nice website already set up. It's leg.straybaseball.com. Yeah. L-E-G, you know, uh, for League of Extraordinary. So we kind of, we might start saying leg more often, and it sounds kind of weird, but that's kind of yeah the acronym that's kind of coming out with that. Well, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen sounds a little strange too, I guess. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, and I like how it's got league in it. So, you know, if you, uh, we'll put this in the show notes, and there's also some stuff where we're uh, we're trying to do a little push to get the last couple franchises. Yeah, so looking for some guys. Um, so there's an application that is on the Facebook, um, pages, um, you know, the, you know, the baseball one and the gaming one, and we'll push out some stuff too. And we'll probably have a little bit on the Apple blog about this as well. But if you, uh, like baseball history, you know, like the, what if Sarah, what if Babe Ruth had a chance to hit in Coors Field or Ty Cobb tried to steal on Johnny Bench. If you like that sort of idea. Um, with playing with historic players in a league, uh, then this might be the league for you. Um, now, how is that all going to work and so forth? Well, there's a lot of uh, interesting ways it's going to be done, but basically you're going to ha- have a salary cap in this league. Um, you're going to have a yearly and kind of a overall one, and they're going to normalize the players, and then you'll get different seasons that they will be for you in um, each year that you go. Um, so, you know, you could potentially get a bad season. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have some of these Hall of Famers, they didn't have a lot of bad seasons. But that's why we also have a expanded roster that yeah, so would allow guys. us— yeah, yeah, 26 to, active, yeah. If you happen to have the last year of Babe Ruth and he wasn't any good, he might be on your farm team for that season. Um, but yeah. you know that if you if you want to have him for a while, you know, he, he can be good. Though it's going to have contracts and free agency and trading and all that sort of and thing. And you there. can only sign players for like maybe up to five seasons too. Right. You can't, you're like, you don't get them further. You know, oh, I got Babe Ruth in the draft and I have him for his whole career. Well, you, you can use so many of your your points to you know sign up for a year two three four whatever it might be and then of course that reduces what you can do with other players you know right and, and also like the year that you're using babe ruth you know all the years from year to year is, uh, is going to be uh, random you know do you get 1927 ruth or do you get 1931 ruth you know do you get mm-hmm. him when he's with the red sox and he was a pitcher or or what whatever you might get so right and there'll be this kind of normalization process that other leagues have used for different things. And kind of the greatest player cards, you know, that they have on APA kind of do a little bit of that that we've talked about in other episodes. But in this case, this would work. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing, aim and, and, you know, injuries yep, you'll and have stuff injuries. And all um, that. Though they did say, you know, if you had Cal Ripken or Lou Gehrig, he's, they're going to, they're, they're the type of guys that won't really ever get hurt. But, you know, you could have a guy get hurt and be out for 10 games or something. And that's why some depth will be there. Um, we voted um, just a couple of days ago on whether or not we'll have a DH or not. So we'll see. I voted no. But um, not that I – I would like to see Major League Baseball. I voted have no it. as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would like to see the real MLB have DH. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm done agree. seeing pitchers hit, especially in, in things like the All-Star game. And it's stupid. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm watching, you know, some, you know, I'm watching Justin Verlander blow away some crappy hitting pitcher. What are we doing? You know, well, there's some guy on the bench that is a good hitter, you know, but anyway, um, 
But in this league, there's so much depth, and some of the pitchers would be able to hit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and for strategy purposes, I think it, it just would make it more fun. But, you know, we'll, we're both excited about this. Yeah. Um, we, we're kind of history nerds. We're baseball history nerds. Um, this is right up our alley. Okay. It, I think it works well, too, because it's so different than a lot of leagues that just, you know, do what, you know, the, the most current year, like the league I'm in, which I, which I really enjoy. But um, this is not going to be affected by the pandemic because, you know, the players are there, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to have guys from 2019 or whatever, I assume. And um, so, you know, you can play it that way and, and it, it kind of tests you in other ways. I mean, obviously it will test your managerial skills and things like that when you're playing the games. But more than anything, it's like your knowledge of baseball and also the normalization will make things interesting too. So like if you get a guy like Sam Crawford, you know, who led the league in home runs with seven, when he's normalized, he'll be more of a power hitter and, or the same thing for somebody like Wally Pip or whoever, yep. you know, so that's going to make things interesting, I think. So, right. And, and if they have the cards, cause I'm interested once you get the, the C file and you look at the card, to me, it's going to be a little bit like the Hall of Fame set. Remember the Hall of Fame set? Yeah, we that's what about? I was trying to say earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a little bit like that, where you're yeah. like, well, "How'd they come up with this card?" Because I remember that guys would have single column cards and have power. I think even like Crawford was kind of like that a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, really, he'd have a, a 66 one, you know? And then like, the okay. other thing to throw in the mix is Negro League players are going to be in this league too. Yes, um, yep. mixed in um, all throughout. That is really fun too. So, it, is it a bit fictional? Yes, but that's the whole idea. But is it really cool? And will it kind of take on a life of its own, like many people's leagues do? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're supposed to, you know, try to get a draft going pretty soon once we fill out all the rest of the franchise. Hopefully in May, May sometime. Um, and we're looking for, you know, you got to be pretty serious. You know, you've got to be somebody who, you know, has some, uh, you know, you're on a computer and you're willing to respond and take care of business as far as getting games played and uploaded and back to the commissioner and stuff like that. Um, You um, have to like baseball history and like to kind of go down that path. But, um, I, you know, if you like that sort of thing, you know, think about it. Um, We'd like to we're looking for a few more people. Um, we have quite a few already, but uh, we're just right at the end, so it'll probably go up pretty quick. I think we're looking for, at this moment, and this is basically April 24th that we're talking, um, like seven more teams. Um, and there's a, a preliminary list. Have you seen the preliminary list, Kurt? Uh, there is I a list to... of players on the uh, website right now. Oh, I have to look yes. at that. Um, yes. And 32 pages long. <laughs> yes, it's and that's a whole thing. Like Wally Pip might not be in there, but we you um, can let me see recommend it's all alphabetical. Yeah, I, it's gonna take it's gonna take me a day to go through this thing. <laughs> right. So there's a lot okay. of uh, draft prep too. Um. So all inaugural draft is it under that? No, it's under um. Yeah, well, player. Oh, list we should also under. say we each you know we each had to kind of take our team and create a name, right? And um, I, I am going. Wally to the... Pips on, by the way, and it's letting you know, 1913, 1928. You know, so nice. I mean, that's the thing. Like a guy like Wally Pip is the kind of guy that if you're doing your, I don't know exactly how it's all going to work out, but he might be like a really good kind of guy to have. Well, you probably you don't know, have to pay as much for him as other guys, yeah. and he could be very productive potentially. And for about 
you know, he could be productive for five or six seasons for it, potentially, if you get the right card, you know, if you, you know, but even the end of his career was okay. But if you get some of his good cards in the late, you know, 1915 to like, well, 1923, 1924, um, then you're going to be doing really well. Yeah, with him. Right. So, because um, not everybody can get Lou Gehrig. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, so one we, dude. um, Everybody's picking names and having logos and stuff, and I'm going to be the Detroit DeLoreans. Um, and I went with that because I figured it's kind of going back in time. And I thought, whenever you think of a DeLorean, what do you think of? You know, you think yeah. of a time machine car. That's what you think of, Back to the Future, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, that's a nice little twist. Um, so Stray actually was, he created a logo for me that has the car with the flames behind it. It's pretty funny. And um, we got some, you know, stuff on there. So I'm the I'm uh, the Detroit DeLoreans, and who are you? You feel free to announce that. I am the West Michigan Retrogrades. Um, retrograde, kind of like you know, retro, right? Going back in time, that kind of uh, idea too. And uh, my logo deals with, um, well, West Michigan. We're known like guess, you know the West Coast here in Michigan because of Lake Michigan here. So it's got some waves in it. It's got like a kind of a a, a blue. Um, Mercury kind of because uh, uh, Mercury is known to go retrograde um, several times a year um, going in the opposite direction as the earth and everything. So that's kind of the direction I went. So try to get some. Which is cool. There. I mean, it's kind of like a the shape of a planet, too. And and plus the, the having retro, even though we're talking about a different sort of thing, this is kind of retro. So, yeah, yes. I, li- I like your name. That's cool. Um, and they have the logos up on the website right now, too, for. Um, the guys that have developed those so far. So if you want to check those out, check out the the leg website. Right. So it um, looks like on the list though that there are some current players. Like um, as I'm just whipping through here, I see like Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo's on here, 2011. So you can get some current guys too. That's oh. interesting. Um, so yeah, that kind of throws in a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, you can know. check out the website. It's leg.straybaseball.com so leg.stray s-t-r-a-y baseball.com and there's various links and there's a franchise application that is on there where you have to you know basically just fill out your name and email and kind of uh, there's a few like um, polling kind of questions about uh, how often you check your email and use the internet and your access and um, your background in gaming in leagues and um you know, kind of um, some other stuff, you know, a suggestion on what you would like to name your team, uh, you know, your preference on uh, designated hitter, those sorts of things. So um, feel free to uh, jump in that. You would have to, of course, own, you know, BBW575, but um, yeah. but most people can have access. And that's not hard. I mean, it's 20 bucks and you got it forever. Um, so, you know, we're, we, uh, we're talking about it, one, because we're excited. And two, uh, we're trying to promote kind of some people to check it out. Um, you can always follow this league, and I'm sure we're you know as our episodes go by, um, we'll talk about the league. Yes. You know, um, but when we do that, we try to kind of temper how that goes. Like Kevin's in a um, you know card and dice league basically um, by distance, and you know it's. You know, like it's like uh, Kevin had an example of you know yeah. if you're telling somebody like about talking your fa- about your fantasy team you know people are only so interested in your fantasy team and hey like let's say it's fantasy football i didn't play this running back like, oh that's too bad well you know i don't really care okay right. and, and there's a know, point where you know 
So it's it, we try we're going to try to keep things more in that idea of how it could affect a lot of people. Like that's why some people might watch a fantasy talk show or something uh, for football, and they give a tip on who to play or who not to play or who to pick up. Well, that stuff's good, right? That, those are the sorts of things that. I think people in a broader sense are looking for not how good your team is doing, you know, like, because yeah. it's like, yeah, it's only so much. I mean, you can say, Hey, I won the championship. Great. You know, cool. Um, yeah. or whatever, or I'm in the world series or something, but we'll, we'll try to stick to that sort of thing though. Um, I think that it'll be fun even when we're playing other teams. If they have a guy that's a little more obscure on their team, I could see me looking into that dude or something, you know. And oh yeah, uh, it'll it'll be great. Guys on this list that I don't know who they are. I mean, I know my stuff, but um, there's a few weird names on here. Um, So yeah, we're gonna have some guys drafting some guys that like who the heck is this guy? Who is Marius Russo? Mm. Um, who played from 1939 to 1946. I don't know him. Maybe no. he was good. I guess I got to look. You know, yep. <laughs> you yeah. know. I mean, I know Red Ruffing, but, you know, um, do you know Dutch Ruther? <laughs> I don't know him. Um, Dutch Ruther, <laughs> I think, was, he was a pitcher. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't know him very well. Do you know Muddy Rule? I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he was a catcher, but I'm not no. Brago Roth, I know him because uh, looking at Wally Pip stuff, he led the league in home runs back in the day. So right, so they got some yeah. of those dead ball guys in there as well. Yeah, so that th- those are the most interesting path to go down for this to see how these some of these cards are going to end up for these dead ball guys because I think those are the diamonds in the rough potentially. Uh, but on guys. the other hand, those guys that were all A pitchers or ABs and everything. Yeah, they're not going to be. be. The pitchers aren't. Yes. Right. Exactly. It's going to go the other way mm-hmm. for that. So it balances and like, out. You know, is Sandy Koufax always going to be an A in those mids? You know, ace? You know, but he might, you know, it's, he might be a little bit less. You know, of course, we're talking like, you know, is he going to be a, a 20 um, or a 23 or whatever it is for the, you know, master game stuff. So. And where I think it's exciting, and some people might not, but this is where I do, and and I'm not trying to talk myself into this, is it's always fun when you get a new um, app of card set and you want to look through the cards, right? Well, mm-hmm. each season that we'll do in this league, they'll have a new set of basically cards um, that are normalized for those particular guys, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you're looking at a new set of cards. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, but with like 2000. <laughs> right. And then of course, and it, it, of course he, um, Nick, who, you know, is the commissioner says, if you want to propose somebody else being added or something like that, just let me know. And, you know, I think the legal kind of just maybe have a way of voting on mm-hmm. it or, you know, going with it. But it's like, well, who are you no, looking for? I'm, I'm interested. Somebody, I saw a thing the other day about Frank Howard and how Frank Howard was really hurt by the, the dominant pitching of the 60s because of his numbers. I mean, if you normalize Frank Howard, he would have hit 300 with 500 home runs and been a, a Hall of Famer, and he's not because, you know, he ended up hitting 265 with, I forget how many home runs he hit, but, you know, he was like a league leader in home runs because, you know, if you hit 265 in 1968, you're doing pretty well, you know. He's like a Manny Ramirez or something. Yes, so... Um, I wonder, like, a, a card like Frank Coward's, how is that going to play out normalized, too? Some of those guys, I mean, like, I mean, like for example, if you got Kari Yastrzemski's 
you know, triple crown season from 67 or even 68 when he won the betting title hitting 301. Well, how's that card going to look, you know, normalized? It's going to be a lot better, you know. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, for that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about that. Uh, if anybody has any questions on that, you are welcome to, um, you know, respond or comment on social media, or you could contact us at doubletakefeedback um, at gmail.com. And, you know, we can kind of answer whatever. Um, and we're hoping we can pick up a couple other people. That would be cool. And then I think pretty soon we'll have to try to bring in some people who are going to participate in this league and yes. um, maybe talk to them and see what they're thinking and what they're excited about and so forth. I'd like to get Nick on if we can do that. Um, yeah. You know, so having, having never had a conversation with him, you know, we'll have to work that out, but maybe we can line yeah. that up too. Um, so uh, fun stuff. Um, the, our last thing that we'll have, and we're going to take a quick break here is um, we had a chance to talk to um, uh, a Tony Stevens, who um, organizes a lot of tournaments, and he's been doing some online tournament stuff. So we talked to him, and he has another one coming up here at, uh, in May. So right after our uh, you know, quick break here, um, we'll have a conversation with Tony. I'd like to we, – we talked to Tony, and the audio is very listenable. But it's not normally at the quality that um, we like. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, not nobody's fault. We're not trying to be, you know, you know, we, Kevin and I are a little loud and then Tony's a little soft and I, we tried to clean it up the best we could. It, you can understand what's being said, but it's not super high quality. Uh, we apologize in advance for that, but please take a listen because it, um, for five bucks, you can get in a really fun tournament and yes. win a $50 APA um, gift card or gift certificate or whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's pretty cool. And we'll have some info on that too, when we, um, you know, put this up and on our pages and stuff. So, um, but yeah, please take a listen. It's not that long. And, um, I think there's some good information we got in that conversation. All right. For sure. So we'll be right back. like to welcome Tony Stevens. Uh, if you frequent the Appa Gaming Facebook page, you've probably seen his posts on there, and he does a great job of organizing tournaments, among other things. And he had a social distance tournament back in the beginning of April, and he's going to have a second one coming up here uh, called uh, the Social Distance Video Appa Baseball Tournament Quarantines 2. And uh, we thought it would be nice to maybe bring Tony on and tell us a little bit about um, where they're at right now. They're still looking for some people to sign up for it. And if you could provide a few details, um, that would be great. So what, you know, where are you at right now with the tournament, Tony? Well, we just had uh, somebody sign up like uh, 30 minutes ago, you know, Darren, and uh, he was in the first one. Uh, You know, we know him from, uh, you know, the tournament up in um, Pennsylvania. And had such a great time, even though uh, he got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, uh, that he wants to play it again. So he uh, threw in his $5 fee. This time around, we're having a prize, and he picked his team. We've got four people, not including myself at this time, and we've got about a, three or four more who have said, hey, I'm interested, 
I want to play. And we're still getting the word out there, and it's still growing pretty good at this point. Yeah, and we'll provide some uh, information also uh, in our show links for people if they want to click on that. Yes. So the tournament is going to be May 2nd. Uh, how many teams do you presently have, and how many are you looking for for a final number? What do you kind of hope for? Well, I'm hoping we get more than what we got uh, with the April tournament. The April tournament was quickly thrown together. A lot of people just wanted to play, so they knew they were going to be stuck in their house. We had 18 teams. I think that was great. I'd love mm-hmm. to see it up near 20 to 25 teams this time around. Okay. Now, the April tournament's still going on. We are in our semis, and it's not just May 2nd that this tournament goes. The great thing about the video tournament is that you don't have to sit down and play 10 games all in one day. You know, you play one series on a Monday, another series on a Tuesday, a couple series on Saturday, and you're done with the tournament. The first round, the divisional play is what I call it, is over about a 10-day period. Okay. And then you said that the um, yeah, this one will have a prize, which is like a $50 gift certificate. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, this one will have a prize. Uh, we're not just collecting cash to uh, you know put it in my bank account. Even though as a Florida teacher, everything helps. <laughs> uh, you know, um, we are taking the prize money, uh, taking the $5 fee to entry, and we're putting it towards the $50 APA gift certificate. So that when, you know, John finally comes out with the new season, you've got something there to, uh, you know, lighten your load a bit when you buy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the theme of this one is 1910 to present. Are you guys using a DH or what are some of the other uh, rules that people might be interested in? Yes, we are going to use the DH. We're trying to just have fun during this time. A lot of us are locked up. Some of us are probably going crazy right now and, you know, if uh, if you're like my wife, then it's like, well, you know, there's always a spare bedroom for you, Tony. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you just need to get away from who you're hanging around with for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's a little bit away. Every series that you play, you play everybody in your division once in a three-game series. That's how come we had 15 games uh, per team in the first uh, tournament in April. And what other tournament has 15 games? Right. We use the DH, we use a three-man starting rotation, and there are, you know, limitations to what you have to do. You can't go ahead and get the uh, extra cards for the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays and use that eight pitcher that they have in there who only had, like, four starts. You have to have, have had at least ten starts uh, in the season that you're using that pitcher for him to qualify for your three-man rotation. All right. Sounds well, fair. I think it's great. And then you guys will be doing it with the video aspect, which is, you know, Skype or Zoom or TeamViewer or FaceTime or something like that. Um, what um, sorts of things did you learn from that first distancing tournament? Any, like, adjustments that you made to rules or how, how the approach is? Well, uh, as far as the aspect of, of setting up and playing a game, we want to include everybody we can. We have one guy who does not have an Internet camera. And, uh, you know, so he can either, you know, if you guys don't mind, if his opponents don't mind, they can play over the cell phone and just tell each other what you rolled. Or you can go to this one website that does the rolling for you. You put in a code and then it comes up with whatever you rolled. It's uh, rolls.org. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. 
I was checking it out when I saw your post. Yeah. So, well, that's, I mean, and, you know, for you now, is this, um, you've, I noticed that you've uh, organized other tournaments in the past or, and you had one that was supposed to um, take place July 18th, I think, but it probably got canceled. Is that true or no? No, we're, we're keeping that on the board. Oh, are you? Okay. Oh, the Ro- okay. Lapa Down here in Florida, that's our face-to-face uh, tournament for Florida. And Florida is a rather large state, as you know. It's very long. And we've got people that will drive, you know, two, three, four hours to actually get here and spend the night even. Mm. Um, you know, but we're going to keep that. We're starting to open up a few things here in Florida. Uh, you know, it's... I'm sure you've heard they're opening up some things in Georgia, some things in uh, South Dakota, even New Jersey. So we're going to wait and see, and it might get canceled, but I don't think it will. I'm still going to wait until about the end of May before I end up seeing it. And then um, the other thing we wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, some, uh, do you dabble in other APA products? I, we, we thought you were into hockey as well. Is that true? Yes, I am into hockey. Hockey is not into me when it comes to Montreal. <laughs> you know, I, I love hockey. I grew up in Toronto, so I grew up with, uh, you know, the great Montreal Canadian teams of the 70s. And, of course, I always had the Toronto Maple Loaf on uh, <laughs> Canada there. Uh, but, um, you know, I love the hockey game. I think the hockey game is a, is, is a great game to play. Uh, you know, it takes a while to get used to. But to me, it is a very realistic game, and there's really, uh, you know, in the baseball game, guys, you could find uh, certain ways to aid your team that are not baseball plays. You know, you play right. the apple way kind of thing. You play uh, apple hockey and apple baseball. <laughs> right. I don't find you can do that in the hockey. Oh, yeah? Okay. It's very realistic, a lot of fun. And the APA hockey community, uh, you know, as great as the APA baseball community, there is nobody better than the APA hockey community. Oh, wow. And you've organized some um, tournaments at the APA convention before. Is that true? Well, For hockey? Look at the APA convention. Last year, uh, we started this. Uh, John Cody, a uh, great guy, uh, you know, out of Jacksonville, he goes to the APA convention every year as well. And, He's more into the master game, so he started to teach me uh, a little bit about the master game and some other guys down here in Florida, too. And I said, well, we ought to get together, see if we could get a few people on a Friday night, uh, the Friday night up in the convention after our our dinner and, uh, you know, the award ceremony kind of thing, um, and see if we have a little uh, master game tournament. I bounced it off of John. John said, hey, you do what you want to do, and... There was three of us there, John Cody, Bill Lilly, myself. We each played, you know, each other once, so two games apiece, and we all ended up one and one. Uh, Just trying to get more of a master game community going out there and to the convention as well. Hmm. Well, that's great. I mean, um, we, um, as we've kind of dabbled into different things with our podcast, we like talking to people that play um, other things related to APA gaming, you know, besides yes. baseball. So do you How um, much, um, soccer game? Oh, oh yeah. No. Um, cause of course my family, they come from Leicester city over in uh, England. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, so I figured, Hey, when they won it about four years ago, you know, the big surprise shocker, 
uh, I, I had to get that set. I had to get that game. Have you played it very much, the soccer game? Once. Oh, really? Okay. I actually have tried to start something after school at the school that I teach at. Very large Hispanic population. Very much into the soccer game itself. Just not into hanging out and, and throwing the dice. and, and Yeah. Hmm. I wonder how much... How to yeah. that if anybody knows. Yeah. I wonder how much you need to know soccer to play the soccer game. Same thing with hockey. I mean, do you think you really have to have a pretty good understanding of hockey to be able to play the hockey game? Um, you know, because, you know, like baseball. I have a great understanding of the sport of hockey to play the apple hockey game. Okay. I think, uh, you know, just like I think in the baseball game, uh, the, the understanding and limited experience that you have maybe when you're a kid with the baseball game, APA makes you appreciate it more and mm -hmm. it also helps you learn the game at a better level. Yes, exactly. Do this, does the same thing. Now, I grew up with, the, with hockey. I remember Toronto when the Blue Jays weren't even there. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, so, to me, every play that happens on hockey, I can picture it in my mind in the APA hockey. I don't think you need to do that. Uh, to, to learn how to have fun with that game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you do, yeah. uh, play any, uh, in, in any leagues or do any replays or anything? In, in, uh... <laughs> oh, guys, you touched on a sore point there. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a very difficult time with some leagues. Um, you know, one league I started playing, a, and it was a master game baseball league here in Orlando. Uh, it just, for me, it was not a fun fun thing though uh the guys were great uh i think the league is wonderful um you know but the thing that got me was when you put a game limit on on players which you have to do to be realistic yeah all of a sudden if you're down and and it's at, after five innings you're saying well i don't want to use anybody on my bench because i'm, I'm losing for nothing and i don't want to waste their game limits on this game and to me, that's just not fun. I'm kind of the player that says, this is one game. I don't care about the future games. I want to win this game no matter what the score is, when it is. And I want to use everybody I have available to try to win that. So yeah. To me, I just didn't find it. Now, the first league I was ever in a couple years ago, that lasted about two weeks before we mutually agreed to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so that definitely is a sore spot. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I, mean, I lasted about a month. I did much better this year. Yeah. Hmm. So you, you like to go more into like the tournament angle of things and, and kind of more kind of a shorter time frame. That suits my, uh, my, my thinking a lot better than the actual league, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know, APA has lots of things for everybody, I guess, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I've got some guys here in Florida. I would love to get them out to the face-to-face -to -face tournament in July, but they're just like, no, nah, we're just kind of solo project guys. Okay. <laughs> right. So, um, well, we um, we appreciate you, you know, coming on and talking with us. And um, again, just to, you know, before we go into a little break here, um, we. 
Uh, we're just talking about the uh, social distance video app of baseball tournament quarantine two, which is going to be taking place May 2nd. And information is on Facebook, among other things. You can also, um, you know, get some email. Uh, basically, it's emailing you, and that e- email information will provide um, on our show notes. And then also, if you go to the uh, App of Gaming Facebook page, there's information on there as well. Um, I think that's about the main info, right? Yep. Yeah. I think uh, so. You know, I appreciate this, guy. you getting this out there. And, uh, Anybody have any questions, they can contact me on the Facebook. I'm on AFA Games page, and I'm on the AFA Baseball page. I'm also on Between the Lines. Okay. And just post it in there as well, or you can just email me. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tony. It was good talking with you. Yes, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you guys very, very much as well. Double Take is recorded using Audacity and CleanFeed. We use Fifine USB microphones and distribute through Anchor.fm. Theme music, Funk in the Trunk, is by Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at DoubleTakeCast, or email us at DoubleTakeFeedback at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.